are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Online at BethanyNaz.org. Well, I can't even begin to tell you how happy I am to be feeling good and, um, and to be able to share God's Word with you this morning. You know, throughout this week, God has spoken to me through His Word, and I believe that this morning God is going to speak to you. So we have been living through the most uncertain times that we may ever face in our lifetime. We are living through a global pandemic. A virus is sweeping through our world. You may be aware that a week and a half ago, I tested positive for COVID. I had about four days of flu-like symptoms, and then I began to recover and begin to feel good again. I wish that was everybody's story. Unfortunately, it's not. We have a gentleman who attends our church right now who was put on a ventilator a few days ago, and he really needs your prayers, and I'm asking you to join me in praying for him. Um, We don't know who this disease is going to wreak havoc on. Besides the fact that we're working through a pandemic, we are also moving in just two days to a presidential election. I would say to you that it is the most divisive presidential election that has happened in my lifetime. And I encourage you on Tuesdays, if you have not already, on Tuesday, if you have not already, to go to the polls and vote. Let me, let me quote to you Dan Boone, who said, you have a go- voter's guide and you need to use it. And so as you move toward Tuesday, if you have not voted already, look to God's word and find guidance as you go and cast your vote for the next president of the United States. We also find ourselves in, in, a, in a climate of racial struggle. Um, just this week in the city of Philadelphia, one of our American cities, there were riots again. This, this is our world. And if 2020 has not thrown enough our way, um, just this past week here in Oklahoma, we experienced an October ice storm. Many of you were without electricity for several days. Some of you are still without electricity. Many of you had damage done to your homes, and you have lived with a lot of stress this week and, and a lot of concern. What, what, what I think that we all are aware of in seasons like these is simply that we need God desperately. And one of the narratives of 2020 that I will continue to hold close to my heart is that we turn to God and we found that God was there for us. Not only do we need God, but we need each other. We need to love each other. We need to encourage one another. We need to care for one another. We need to bless one another. We need desperately to be building each other up in times like these. I don't know if you experience what Annette and I sometimes experience in our marriage, but when we feel stress, sometimes we don't handle it well. And typically one of us will say, hey, wait a minute, time out. This is the time we really need each other. Let's come together in this stressful time. Let's don't pull against each other. And so you probably have people in your life who build you up. I have people in my life who build me up. There are people here who are part of our church. When I see them coming, I'm always excited to see them coming. Because they have the gift of building me up, encouraging me, blessing me, loving me, being kind to me. It's not just words of empty flattery. It's realizing that I was created in God's image, that I have value and worth, and they call it out. 
that want to make a good decision or they see hard effort, they call it out and they speak words of affirmation to me. Now, it may be that you have people in your life who you would say, Pastor Rick, I know what it is to have people who build me up. There are certain people in my life when I walk away, I feel stronger, I feel better, I feel taller, I feel more hopeful because they have spoken words of affirmation to me. So we've been in a series. In fact, this is the last Sunday I will preach from this series. Next Sunday, Dave Roberts himself will be with us to close the series, the guy who wrote the book that we've been studying. But he talks about elements that are important to healing conversations. We've talked about trust and we've talked about humility. We've talked about self-disclosure. We've talked about respect. We've talked about curiosity. Today we're going to talk about affirmation. And I want to give you some of Dave's words here before I move any further, okay? Here's what Dave says. He says, our souls thirst for affirmation. You may say, Rick, you don't know a whole lot about me. That may be true, but there is one thing that I do know about you, and that is that your soul thirsts for affirmation just like mine does. He said our hearts become sore and tired without it. He goes on to say affirmation is vital to our sense of well-being and should grace all of our conversations. And so when we look to God's Word, we find similar language. In fact, I want to take you to the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And I would love for you just to leave your Bibles open because throughout the message today, I'm just going to kind of work my way down through this passage. But chapter 4, verse 29, let me show you what God's Word says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now, you may have started this day with your own definition of unwholesome. We'll talk about what Paul means by it in a moment. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. So, if we should not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, we're asking Paul what kind of talk should come out of our mouths. And here's what he says, talk only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So here's what he's saying. As followers of Jesus Christ, as we engage in conversations with each other, it's really important that our conversations build others up, that it benefits the listener. Literally, the word grace is in this sentence in the Greek. It means to extend grace to the person who is listening. And so again, we're not talking about empty flattery. We're talking about realizing here's a person who is created in God's image, who has value and worth. And when we see effort and when we see good decisions and when we see kindness and when we see compassion, we call it out and we affirm one another. So I'm just going to be really straight to the point here, okay? It may seem overly simple, but I want to say this to you, and this is the heart and soul of what we're talking about today. It's simply this. Let me put the words on the screen. We have been called. That means you've been called and I've been called. We have been called by God in His Word, okay, to build one another up with our words. And so here's the question that you and I have to answer this morning. It's simply this. Do I use my words to build other people up? Do you use your words to build other people up? Now, 
I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to ask for your full attention. You and I know that we have jumped right into the middle of the book of Ephesians. You also know that context is important. Paul is writing from a Roman prison to a group of Christians in Ephesus where he did great missionary work for about two years and started this congregation there. In the, in the section previous to what I'm reading to you today, here's what happens. He talks about theology. Now, he talks about how that we no longer live as people who are separated from God. He talks about putting off the old self. And the old self, Paul refers to as, as being corrupted by deceitful desires. And he says what we should do is put on the new self created in God, to become like God in holiness and righteousness. Now, when he gets to this section, he moves from theology to ethics. He talks about how that is lived out in everyday life, and he deals with several specific issues. So here's the point that I want to make, and here's what I want you to hear really carefully right now, okay? Paul is saying that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are are not like everybody else. We don't live like everybody else. We don't behave like everybody else. We don't act like everybody else. And in this particular section, here's what he says. We are not like everybody else in how we talk to one another. Even in our conversations, as followers of Jesus Christ... We are very different. You, you, you might be saying to me, but Rick, do, do you realize how people talk to each other in our society? Yes, I do. I hear it. Rick, do you understand what people write on social media? Yes, I read what people write on social media. Are you watching those news channels and the language that people are using on those news channels back and forth and how people are talking about others? Yes, I watch that stuff. But Paul says, that's not how you and I act. That's not how you and I talk. That's not how you and I behave. That's not how we live. We are different. We are called to be like God in holiness and in righteousness. And our conversations are not like the conversations that we hear in our society and in our culture. So I want to take a few minutes here and dive in because the instruction that we get in this passage is rich and helpful in our everyday lives. Sometimes we teach our our children things and, and and I wonder why we're teaching our children those things. There's a little rhyme that you might remember teaching your kids or maybe you were taught when you were young. And here's how it goes. Sticks and stones may break my bones. But words will never hurt me. Well, the truth is, that's not the truth. Sticks and stones may break your bones. But the truth is, words do hurt people. You know, sometimes the pain that's caused by words take much longer to heal than broken bones caused by sticks and stones. 
I think about all the conversations I've had over the years with people whose stories are heartbreaking. They say to me, Rick, either a, a mom or, or a dad or, or a grandparent or a family member all of my life told me that I would never amount to anything. Told me that my life would never be any account. They told me they were embarrassed that I was their child. They told me I didn't have the ability to make a good decision. I've heard other stories along the way also. I've heard people talk about how their parents did nothing but build them up. How their parents were always encouraging them. How their parents were constantly saying to them, you can do anything that you set your mind to. How their parents would brag on them. Not empty flattery, but truly believed that they had potential to accomplish whatever they wanted to accomplish. I've watched people try to overcome the negative talk in their lives. And I've seen other people soar because of the positive talk in their lives. And so when Paul begins to talk about the fact that we are called to build other people up, he first talks about it from a negative perspective. He says there's some things that you don't want in your life, okay? And so here's where he starts. He says there are some things that you should not do, all right? Some things that you don't want to do, things that you should not be doing, things that are not good or healthy for you or the people around you. And what you don't want to do is let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Now, you may have a definition for unwholesome. I want to talk to you about the way Paul uses the word unwholesome, okay? The, the actual word that he uses that we translate from Greek into English would, would refer to something that would be um, maybe rotten, uh, like fruit, okay? Something that is, that is foul, something that is bad. Metaphorically, he would be talking about uh, talk that is bad or, or foul or, or hurtful because he goes on to talk about how that the only words that we want to use are words that build up. We realize that he's talking here about destructive language, words that tear down instead of words that build up. Now, you and I know that words have great power. And with our words, we can build people up, but with our words, we can also tear people down. With our words, we can hurt, we can hinder. We also realize that with our words, they have power to heal, and they have power to help. And so we have to make choices every day about how we're going to use words. I'm going to talk to you transparently for a moment. I can tell you that my experience has been that my life has been shaped by how people have used words in my life, both positively and negatively. People have said things to me as people have said things to you throughout your life. Instead of walking away from that statement and putting it to the side, we have replayed that statement over and over again. That recording has happened thousands of times in our minds. We've never gotten away from the impact of those negative words. 
There's also been times when people have said positive things to us. And because those positive things were spoken, we began to believe that maybe they were true. And maybe we really could accomplish what we never believed we could accomplish before. The words that people have spoken to us and the words that we have spoken to others have shaped our lives. Now, now let's go to the heart of this issue. Here's what Paul says next. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, meaning that God's Spirit living in you is the proof of God's redemption in your life. He says, however, you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, when you say things that are hurtful to other people, God's Spirit is grieved. You may be a person who says, Rick, I'm kind of one of those people who speaks what's on my mind. I say whatever comes to my mind, I don't worry about how it affects people. I say what I'm thinking and they can just deal with it. doesn't matter to me. Let me say something to you right now. It matters to God a great deal. The Word of God tells us this morning that it grieves God's spirit when we hurt people with our words. And then what Paul does is he says, let's get to the heart of the issue. These words are coming from somewhere. Let me give you the next verse. He says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of rage. Get rid of anger. Brawling. Here he probably means shouting and slander along with every kind of malice, the intent to hurt someone. You understand that our words are coming from somewhere. And Paul says they're coming from what's inside you. And so get rid of bitterness and get rid of rage and get rid of anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. I've just got to tell you that when I think about the world that I live in today, and if you ask me to describe my society, I would tell you that the society that I lived in is filled with anger and it's filled with bitterness and it's filled with rage, and there's a whole lot of shouting, and there's a lot of slander, and there's a lot of malice. I can't hardly turn on a television without experiencing bitterness and anger and rage and shouting and slander and malice. And Paul says, but that's not you. And that's not me. And that's not how we are going to live our lives as followers of Jesus. Remember, we're different. We don't act like everybody else, and we don't talk like everybody else, and we don't have conversations like everybody else. We have been called to righteousness and to holiness, and our speech must be very, very different. I was on the phone with a friend the other day, and he, and he says to me, he says, you know, when I turn on the television, it's, it's bad. Everybody's angry. Everybody's shouting. Everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else. Everybody's putting somebody down. But he said, when I turn the television off and I get in my car and I go out into my world and I spend my day, that's, that's not my experience. That's, that's not 
the world that I experience. People are pretty nice. They're kind. In fact, he said they're helpful. Let me just challenge you to consider what you're feeding your mind and your thoughts with. You say, Rick, I need to be informed. Well, maybe you want to take it in smaller doses. You say, Rick, what do you, what do, you do about fellow believers Brothers and sisters in Christ who are hurting people with their words, who are, you know, saying unkind things, who are creating division. I'm not trying to be a psychologist here, but I think that if you, if you just pause and you look and you listen, you might find that in their hearts there's some bitterness, there's some anger, there's some rage. And I think you might find that you have some people who are hurting who are choosing to hurt other people. You might remember I gave you a verse early on in this series, and the verse was, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It only comes out of the mouth if it's in the heart. And so Paul is saying, there's a reason people are talking like they are. It's because their hearts are filled with bitterness and anger and rage. And we've got to ask God to deal with our hearts. So let me try to take you to this next place. If that's what we should not do, what should we do? Do you remember the story? Somebody forwarded to me recently, and I thought it was great. It was about Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin, it was when he was in the legislature in Pennsylvania in the mid-1700s. There was a, another person in the house who uh, was very unkind to Franklin with his language. Um, he would say some awful things about Franklin. And uh, Ben said, I was surprised because he had never spoken to me. He only spoke about me, and it was never good. And so here he's got this situation where he's got a fellow house member who is speaking ill of him, uh, denouncing him terribly, uh, but has never, ever really said anything to him. And so Ben Franklin came up with a plan. Here's what he did. He sent a letter to the man, and he said... I heard that you have a book that is very scarce. Um, I'm very curious about the book and would love to read it. And I wondered if you would consider loaning me the book. And so the man responded immediately and sent the book to Ben Franklin. Um, after Franklin read the book, he wrote a nice, nice note expressing his heartfelt gratitude for the loan and returned the book to the man. Now, now, wait a minute. You're saying that, that Ben Franklin has this man who is saying unkind things about him, a fellow House member of the legislature, um, never spoken to him, uh, only says bad things about him. And the way that Ben Franklin deals with it is writes him a letter and says, I heard you have a book that I'm interested in. Could I possibly borrow your book? The guy says yes, sends him the book. Ben reads the book, writes a note of gratitude, and sends it back. Yes, that's exactly what happened. But what happens next is fascinating. He says, the next time I saw him in the house, he spoke to me, something he had never done before. <laughs> and we became friends. In fact, our friendship was maintained until his death. People today call it the Ben Franklin effect. Our feelings 
eventually catch up with our actions. When we do kind things, we begin to have kind feelings toward that person. The reverse is also true. When we act unkindly, our hearts become hard and callous. Jesus said it this way. You've heard it said, hate your enemies. But I say, no, love your enemies. Do good to them who persecute you. Pray for them. Because Jesus knows that we are wired in such a way that our feelings will eventually catch up to our actions. So Ben Franklin could have been very unkind with his words. But instead he chose kindness. Listen to the words of Paul. Here's what he says we should do, okay? Be kind and compassionate to one another. I mean, look how simple it is. How would the world change if we were all just kind and compassionate to one another? What about the people who hurt my feelings? Well, forgive them, Paul says. Forgive forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You have an example. Follow God's example, therefore. As dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, as a sacrifice to God. Do you understand what's happening here? We're getting very basic instruction. To this point, don't do this stuff, okay? Now here's what we got. This is what you should do. Be kind, be compassionate, and forgive. Why don't you love like God loves? N.T. Wright has a great commentary on this. He says, what if God was always making snide remarks to you? (laughs) What would your worship be like or your prayer time be like if you knew that God was talking negatively about you behind your back? Or what if God was always losing his temper with you and flying off the handle? And then N.T. Wright says, well, think about it. How do people feel about us when we act that way? And N.T. Wright finally concludes by saying, wouldn't it be better if we were all like God? If we loved like him? If we were kind and compassionate and forgiving like God? In Jesus, we have a more clear picture of God and what it's like to be righteous and to be holy and to love like God. Let me, let me just conclude. I, I, I grew up, I've told you over the years, in a small Kentucky town. My mother has been a wonderful example in my life. All of my life, I can remember my mother saying, Ricky, if you don't have something good to say about somebody, maybe, maybe it's better if you just say nothing at all. My, my mother not only preached that message, but she lived that message all of these years. She's now 84. I still don't hear my mother say negative things to or about people. She has lived her life trying to build people up. And I realize this morning in the climate that we live in, you you may be looking at me and saying, Rick, is this really an option? Is this really a possible way of life? It is. And it's the life God called us to. 
if, if you're beginning to believe that maybe you just get caught up and swept away in the current of our culture and we just become like everybody else, there's a great reminder in God's Word for all of us this morning that says we are not like everybody else. We are followers of Jesus Christ and we have been called to holiness and we have been called to righteousness. And in our conversations, we are not like the rest of this world. We are different. And so let me take a moment just to pray for us as we close. In the name of Jesus, Father, I ask you to work powerfully in our lives, to live out our calling, to build others up in our conversations, to put away any unwholesome talk, to get rid of any anger or bitterness to get rid of any rage or shouting or slander or malice from our hearts. Let us be kind and let us be compassionate and let us be forgiving. Let us love God like you love. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.